The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Mythology Explained YouTube channel. Please note that there are two narrators for this podcast, myself, Silas, and Zach. Please enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to Mythology Explained. In today's video, we are going to discuss Mimir, a giant who is counted among the gods and renowned the nine realms over for his knowledge and wisdom. He was traded in a hostage exchange to end a war between two warring tribes of gods. He was decapitated by his captors, his severed head later reanimated by Odin, and he was the master of the Well of Mimir, a well that teemed with knowledge, wisdom, and mystical power that could be harnessed by those who drank from it, that is, by those who could stomach the sacrifice needed to drink from it. We are going to begin with the Aesir-Vanir War then moving on to Mimir's time as a hostage, and finally, wrapping up with the Well of Mimir and Mimir's relationship with Odin. Let's get into it. One day, a sorceress traversed the Rainbow Bridge, crossed into Asgard, and approached the impregnable gates and towering walls of the Aesir Fortress. She introduced herself as Gulvig, meaning lust for gold. At first, the Aesir gods were apprehensive about letting Gulvig into their midst, for the conventional wisdom was that those who practiced sorcery weren't the most reputable or trustworthy sort, having a penchant for mischief, trickery, and sowing disorder. Despite this, Gulvig won them over with her charm and with her promises of wealth and power. She was a master of satyr, a feminine sort of magic, which she harnessed to perform various favors for the gods. However, as time went on, rather than improve lives, her magic was a source of strife, not betterment. Gods were resentful of other gods that gained advantage and prestige through Gulvig's arts, thinking them obtained unfairly. A downward spiral ensued in which the Aesir gods grew increasingly hostile and embittered towards each other. But before the situation truly boiled over, they took counsel, coming to consensus about how to ameliorate relations between each other. They concluded that Gulvig was wholly responsible for the acrimony and animosity that now permeated their halls. It was decided that she must pay with her life, so they tied her up, encircled her, and hurled spears at her from every direction. Under normal circumstances, the volley of spears would have reduced the target to a pulpy heap, irrevocably transformed and utterly unrecognizable, but events never proceed in a tidy, normal way when magic is involved. Not a single spear tip pierced Gulvig's flesh. They merely bounced off of her and clattered to the ground. Following this failure, the gods tried to burn the cursed sorceress, but flames were no more effective. While the Aesir found little success in killing Gulvig, they were superlatively successful at inciting the wrath of Gulvig's kin, the Vanir gods. You see, while her name isn't used in the story, Gulvig is widely considered to be none other than the goddess Freya, so the attempts on her life were taken as an egregious offense against the Vanir gods as a whole. Each tribe assembled so that each of their forces were marshaled opposite each other on a field of battle. At the onset, Odin hurled his spear over the Vanir forces, symbolically sacrificing them to himself. Though the Aesir boasted greater warriors, the Vanir were bolstered by Freya's magic. After many battles, it became clear that the two tribes were evenly matched so they entered into peace negotiations, which were concluded by an exchange of hostages. Freyr, Freya, and Njord went to live with the Aesir, 
while Mimir and Honir were sent to live with the Vanir. The Aesir were pleased with their hostages, formidable as they were, but the same could not be said of the Vanir, who felt more and more as though they had been cheated as time went by. At first, Honir was invaluable, dispensing sage advice, resolving all manner of quandary. But then he grew indecisive, deferring to others, becoming reticent. The Vanir failed to notice that Honir was no more than a conduit for Mimir's deep wisdom. When Mimir was around, Honir was wise, and when Mimir was absent, Honir was uncertain and tight-lipped, as there was no one near to whisper in his ear. Failing to notice where the wisdom was coming from, or that Honir was a great warrior, just not the best advisor or leader, the Vanir expressed their displeasure by beheading Mimir and sending his severed head to the Aesir. The sight of Mimir's severed head filled Odin with dismay, for he knew full well the depth of Mimir's wisdom, heeding his counsel above all others. Bending all his skill and subtlety, Odin called upon his magical arts. He embalmed Mimir's head with herbs and suffused it with his magic, reanimating it so that he could still benefit from Mimir's keen mind and clever tongue when his need was most dire. And where exactly did Odin seek out Mimir's counsel? That was at the Well of Mimir, which we are going to spend the rest of the video covering. Yggdrasil, the world tree, has three main roots. One is in Asgard, the abode of the gods. The second is in Jotunheim, the land of the giants, a wild and perilous realm. And one is in Niflheim, where the goddess Hel holds dominion. Each root is accompanied by a nearby well. The Asgard root is tended by the Norns, basically Norse mythology's version of the Fates, who draw water from the well and nourish the root with it. The Jotunheim root is where the Well of Mimir is located, and the Niflheim root neighbors the Well of Virgilmir, though any sustenance-giving effect is counteracted by the Nidhogg, a giant serpent or dragon that incessantly gnaws at the world tree from below. Here's the passage from the Prozetta that describes the Well of Mimir. Under the root that goes to the frost giants is the Well of Mimir. Wisdom and intelligence are hidden there and Mimir is the name of the well's owner. He is full of wisdom because he drinks of the well from the Gjallarhorn. Allfather went there and asked for one drink from the well, but he did not get this until he gave one of his eyes as a pledge. Odin plucked out his eye and tossed it into the well of Mimir so that he could take a drink from it and, by doing so, become imbued with its knowledge and wisdom. This act of self-mutilation ties into an overarching pattern of sacrifice for power. Another example of this was Odin's acquisition of runic magic, which also came at a price. He ran himself through with a spear and then hung himself from the world tree for nine days and nine nights. And the result of this masochistic ordeal was that he gained runic mastery. Unlike Greek gods, Norse gods weren't immortal, meaning they could indeed be killed. Ragnarok, the cataclysmic conflict that loomed near in the future and was to end the current age in which Norse mythology took place, is when Odin's death was destined to happen. All the enemies of Asgard mustered, and the Bifrost, the rainbow bridge that connects the realm of the gods to the realm of humanity, was left shattered after their crossing. Heimdall, ever vigilant, the stalwart sentinel of the gods, was the first to spot the enemy advancing. He blew his mighty horn, alerting all the gods that Ragnarok was upon them. Hearing this, Odin rode to Mimir's well, racing there for one last meeting with his old friend and most trusted counselor. 
And that's it for this video. If you enjoy the content, please like and subscribe. Thanks for watching.